a lot of feminist women who are homeschooling get embarrassed and they say, oh, you know, I'm, I'm a mom and I, I stay at home and homeschool my kids or I'm a stay-at-home mom. So they say it in such a way that they're kind of embarrassed. Mm-hmm. And I think that that right there is sending a really a wrong message to people. Welcome to Radio Preschool. children since my oldest son, who is now 19, was six. I have three children. They're ages 19, 16, and 8, and I publish a feminist homeschooling zine. What is feminism to you? Feminism to me is more than just quote-unquote equal rights for women. Um, The fact is, in this country, women aren't doing very well. We run the risk of being raped when we go outside alone at night. Um, Domestic violence. Most of the poor are women and children. So for me, feminism is about changing all of that, not just women being able to be president or being paid the same as men, which is obviously important, but it's also for us to be able to be safe at night. And also, for me, it's about changing our images of gender. If you go into a toy store, you still see boy toys and girl toys, and you go into a clothing store, there's still boy clothes and girl clothes. I I think that's completely ridiculous. Children are children, and for instance, my youngest, who's eight, has an eight-year-old boy who's a friend of hers, and they play pirates and fairies together. They wear skirts when they sword fight, both of them, and do each other's nails. To them, you know, it's, they're just toys. Feminism, if it was in practice in this country or in any country, it would allow us to be whoever we are, regardless of whether we're, you know, a boy who wants to wear a dress and play football or a girl who wants to wear nail polish and climb to the top of the tree. So for me, feminism is not about women obtaining equal rights within the system. It's, it's more about changing the system. It would be beneficial to not, not just women and girls, but to men and boys also. How does it fit with home educating? You know, if we can, the common image, it's like the homeschooling is putting the woman back in the home. It's uh, kind of all that we fought for now, she's going back into the home. How, how would you fit home educating your kids with feminism? Well, I think that, I, I think that, that can be the case in some instances if the woman, if her focus is solely on her children and her husband, assuming, and I think people forget this, that all homeschoolers are partnered and heterosexual, which which is not the case, and I think we forget that a lot, but talking about the traditional standard, you know, what we think of as a homeschooling couple, man and woman, um, if the woman is focused only on her husband and her children and her house, it, it could be like that, but I think in a feminist homeschool, the woman is living her life and her children are along for the ride and they can see that a woman can be at home 
you know, cooking and cleaning and taking care of the children. Hopefully her partner is also participating in that. But she's also going out during the day and hopefully doing exciting and wonderful things that interest her, whether it's going out and hiking in the woods or going to the coffee shop to write for a while while the kids play or going on trips, hopefully, in a homeschool, functioning feminist homeschool. The mother is not just all about children and and taking care of the home. And also, mm-hmm. I think that in a feminist homeschool, at least in mine, I'm not married anymore, but I was married and to my husband for, we were together for 20 years, and we're still very good friends. But if he worked 40 hours and came home, he didn't just get to go and sit down, because if he was gone for 40 hours, I was obviously home for 40 hours with the kids. It, you know, After 40 hours, we were both entitled to do whatever it was we needed to do, whether he needed to help out so I could go out for a while. And I made sure that the kids knew that. I made sure that I was constantly telling the children how much I was doing and that they saw me doing other things and having other interests. Having that dialogue, I guess, I think it's, it's important, that, that continual dialogue for I the kids. that's the key, yes. And being really aware, it's really easy, even in a feminist home, to, to fall into the, well, the boys should go mow the lawn and we'll have, you know, the daughter help me do the dishes. It's just so insidious and so part of this culture and our society that even in a feminist home school, sometimes it's hard to remember that and there's nothing wrong with sending your daughter out to mow the lawn and having your son stay in and do the dishes and I think we have to be hyper aware of that. We're talking about housework as well and that's that's a very big issue for people that I know anyway who yes. consider themselves homeschooling and they honestly the kids don't seem to help very much um husbands don't seem to help that much either I don't know who who does the work right how do you negotiate that what happens around well, I'll tell you a funny story. Sure. When my children were my two oldest, I think they were probably nine and six. Finally, I was doing everything, and I was trying to keep it all going, and it wasn't working, and they were just, they were being horrible, and they weren't helping, and I completely lost it, and I went on strike. And <laughs> I absolutely refused. I called them in, and I refused to do anything for them. The kitchen was open um, for a couple hours in the morning, middle of the day, and in the evening, and they had that time to go and cook whatever they could. I made sure, obviously, that they had stuff they could cook, like peanut butter and jelly. But um, I refused to take them to any lessons. I refused to do anything for them. They thought that was fantastic for about a day. They would just go in and make hot chocolate and peanut butter sandwiches, and, you know, they ran around. And also, they weren't allowed to watch TV or anything because I was in the living room, and I was watching my own. I just laid on the couch and watched TV and read books. And by the next day, they were begging me to be their mom again. I made them sign a contract saying that they were going to help out and all the things they were going to do. And um, things changed drastically in our house after that. Now that's one of our funny stories, but I would remind them often, remember when I quit being your mom? But I think if if your husband's refusing to help around the house, then that's a, a larger issue. If you're home all day homeschooling your children, then your primary job is to educate your children and to take care of your children. And sometimes that doesn't leave enough time for housework. And if your husband is off earning money, that's his primary job. And um, hopefully if you've agreed to homeschool together, you've come to some agreement. And at the end of the day, when he gets home, if the house is completely trashed because you've been doing some fantastic science experiment with your child or your children, then it's only fair that he can come home and spend, if everyone spent an hour in the evening, cleaning, it would not be an issue. And I think as women, we tend to feel guilty when we ask the men come home. We feel guilty if we ask them to help out or we somehow it's our duty or we're failures if the house isn't kept clean enough. And I think we really, really have to be conscious of getting over that. Another thing that I did with my kids, and I still do obviously because my youngest is only eight, but I'm really, really clear to them 
that might sound terrible, but it hasn't been for my family, that I owe them, you know, unconditional love, food, shelter, adequate clothing, and an education. But I don't owe them lessons and trips and exciting toys and, you know, the, the latest, whatever it is, those extra things. And if they want those things, I need to have help around the house, you know. I need to have... They, I need to get the same respect back. I need to want to give them these things. I shouldn't have to be driving hours every day to take them to lessons or whatever and then coming home and killing myself by cleaning the house. If they want to go to the lessons and they want to do that, then they can they can help out and they can make sure that the whole burden does not fall on me. It's not fair, and I think it's really, really important to teach our kids that because otherwise, no matter how much we talk, our kids are still going to grow up. Our daughters are going to think that it's their job to take care of the house and our sons are going to think that it's, their wife's job to take care of the house. I and mean, it's always been that way with my kids. And my 16-year-old now, I will come home and the house will be clean. If I work outside the home. I've worked outside the home off and on through the entire time I've homeschooled, and now I'm a single mom. And I come home, and without saying anything, the house will be clean, and she'll cook dinner without me asking. And, and my son was like that, too, when he was at home. Not quite to the same degree, but... Do you think that has something to do with maturity, though? I do, um, but I have, you know, I've talked to my kids from the very beginning. And they have known, you know, it's, it's like I'm, I don't hide things from my children. I'm like, I, I tell them, I'm falling apart. I can't do this anymore. You know, I'm overwhelmed. Nobody's doing anything. Generally, the next day they will get up and things will be done without having to be told. The key is to just talk. And I think if you're honest with kids and you talk to kids, they get it. They're smart. You don't need to overwhelm them and make them feel guilty by any means. But if you just say, hey, look, we're a family and we're a team. And, and in my home, we do run on mutual respect. If I don't get the respect that I think I deserve, I'm not going to give them the respect that, that they want. I try to I try to treat them like human beings, and I expect the same in return. And you don't have to do that in a loud, angry way either. You just no, you absolutely don't <laughs> have to do that. Sometimes you do. Sometimes you, don't have you to. do. Sometimes you do it in a loud, angry way. But for the most part, no, I think, like I said, it's, it's a lot about dialogue. And sometimes it's not like, I don't mean like sitting down and having a talk. You can be just working beside them and say, hey, wow. I am really tired today, and there's so much to do, and you want to go to gymnastics later, and I don't know if we're going to be able to go because I'm just too tired, and I can't get all this stuff done, and that mm. kind of thing. No matter how much you might talk the talk, if you're not actually modeling it for them, you know, they're not, like anything else, you can tell your kids not to smoke, but if you're sitting there chain-smoking all day long, it doesn't matter how much you talk and how much information you give them, they're probably going to smoke. So you can talk to them all you want about being empowered and being feminist and Women have all the same rights as men, and they can do everything men do. But if you're at home killing, and they're watching you fall apart as you're trying to do everything, and the husband comes home and sits on the couch and watches TV at the end of the night, then that's what they're learning. We're talking about people, women who are in the home. They really get very little respect from society in general. <laughs> yes, they do. I think as women, we don't get respect, very much respect, no matter what we do. But certainly if we're at home, we are not getting... For the most part, we're not getting any respect. People might talk about how, you know, motherhood's the most important job in the world, but if that was the case, then most single mothers wouldn't be in poverty. Obviously, if we had a feminist society, I, that would be completely different, because I do think, and I think a lot of people are mistaken about this, they think feminist, feminist women just want to all have high-power jobs, but to me, feminism is definitely about getting respect for women's, quote-unquote, women's work, which is respect for mothers, respect for stay-at-home mothers, respect for children. To me, it's like the only thing we can do is change it within our homes. The people we talk to talk about it often and talk to our children about it, and hopefully someday that will change. But 
No, I don't think going out and getting a job <laughs> necessarily changes anything as far as respect goes. You are listening to Radio Facebook on CFMU. Say you are a heterosexual married couple and somebody asks you what you do. I think a lot of women, feminist women who are homeschooling, get embarrassed and they say, oh, you know, I'm... I'm a mom, and I, I stay at home and homeschool my kids, or I'm a stay-at-home mom. So they say it in such a way that they're kind of embarrassed, mm-hmm. and I think that that right there is sending a really a wrong message to people. If you, say, if you say proudly that you stay at home and you homeschool your children, you're educating your kids, call yourself a teacher because you are a teacher. You say, I'm a teacher, and, and maybe you write, or maybe you do art, or whatever. You can say, I'm a teacher and an artist and a mother, and I stay at home, and, because really you are working at home, or just say yeah. you work at home, <laughs> you know? But I think the way we project it, we it's well. Maybe that's the whole thing. Maybe we, maybe sometimes we need to be proud of of that part of it instead of trying to right. find these other brilliant things that we do, you know, right, exactly. <laughs> or contrive exactly. them or whatever. Maybe, maybe it's an attitude issue here. I think so. I think that's a big part of it because if you ask most women who stay at home with their children what they do, there is that you catch that hint of embarrassment or that hint of I'm not good enough or almost an apology. Like I'm I'm at home now, but someday you know someday I'll have a respectful career. Instead of just saying this is what I do and I'm proud of it and it's, it is literally the most important job in the world. Maybe bringing back the idea of homemaking as something good, you know, yeah. like the skills of homemaking. Society would completely crumble if, if it was not for people keeping up the home. The home is the center of society. Everyone has to come home, and everyone has to eat, and and without that, things fall apart. I want to say this, too. I don't I don't think that if a, if a woman is completely unhappy homeschooling her children, she shouldn't be doing it. I think that the number one thing you ask before you homeschool your kids, is this going to be the best thing for me? Because if it's not the best thing for you, it's not going to be the best thing for your kids. I mean, maybe public school is the worst thing in the world for your kids, but there's another alternative out there if homeschooling is going to make you completely miserable because in the long run, it's going to make your child completely miserable. You know, nobody's happy all the time, and there's going to be times when it's it's horrible or you're completely frustrated or you feel completely unfulfilled. But I think if if you really keep in mind and work hard to have your own life outside of your children, and I think that's really, really important because I think kids grow up much more balanced and and much happier if their mother has a life outside of them. Because mm-hmm. Mom's totally focused on you all the time. First of all, you're not getting a chance to grow and be who you are. And mom's not modeling, you know, that a woman is much more than a mom and a homemaker. And also you're showing your kids all the things that are out there, those fantastic things that are out there that they could be doing and experiencing. So, yeah, I, I think you definitely need to reassess every now and then if, if homeschooling is making you happy and if you're completely miserable then maybe there should be some other alternative and that might not mean putting your kids back in school but maybe you need to find a, a, a free school or a different um or some sort of different kind of community where you can trade off with other women or maybe you need to go out every night after the husband gets home or the mm-hmm. partner or whoever or if you're single you need to find somebody to watch your kids a couple times a week so you can go out at night and do whatever it is you want to do say your children are you have two children and they both take lessons every week and it totals four hours a week that you're out taking the lessons then where's your four hours a week doing something you want to do you know maybe we can just talk a little bit about the zine now what inspired you to make a zine well i'd spent years and years and years looking for a group that i fit in with and they were all either extremely religious and which i'm not or they were um extremely how do i put this i guess (laughs) extremely hippie Mm -hmm. and i didn't feel like i fit in there i always felt like i had a little bit too much edge and um, I wasn't quite peaceful enough or quiet enough. Or, and then I found Hip Mama. 
which was, um, it's a magazine here, and there was a website, which is no longer up, but I went there to the message boards, and I found a lot of other women who were like me, who were feminist and thinking, and, and a lot of them homeschooled, and, um, but there was nothing, there was no nothing that I identified with. There was Home Education Magazine, which was fantastic, and I read, but I still always felt like I wasn't good enough because these mothers were doing all these fantastic and wonderful things, and they were always so happy all the time, and they were completely centered on their home and family, and um, there was Growing Without Schooling, but that went out of publication, and so I decided to start Edgy, and um, I put put it out on a few um, email lists, and I was just inundated with people. Literally within two years, I had over 500 subscribers and getting it in bookstores. And um, it, it just felt really good to find out that there was all these other women just like me who had all been feeling completely alone and like freaks within their homeschooling group because sometimes they swore or they got really mad at their kids and sometimes they just went insane being at home and they wanted to have lives outside of the home, but they felt like, you know, like you weren't supposed to. You were supposed to be always happy and always smiling and knitting blankets while your children played at your feet and did science experiments and willingly did their math and things like that. So that's how it got started. Wow. And the name, you, you probably thought of the name. I mean, how did, the name sounds its awesome. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> the, the name came from, I, um, I write, and the only rejection slip I have gotten so far came from Home Education Magazine when I submitted a story about how my son had been a dog for several years and then he until he became a vampire my daughter it was about how my daughter my son was like 12 at the time i guess and my my young daughter had decided at that time to be a dog also and i, I had written a an essay about how now i was accepting you know it's much easier to accept my daughter as a dog after having gone through having a son that was a dog for years <laughs> and they sent me a rejection and said that if i rewrote it and toned it down that it was a little too edgy and so <laughs> i took that word and Great. And it's a fantastic scene. You said you were off for a bit there. I was off for probably 18 months. My life has been complete upheaval, and um, so the zine just kind of fell by the wayside. My life's getting back on track now, and so it's, I'm getting edgy back up. I'm also starting a business with a friend of mine on the East Coast, and it's going to be a web-based business. And we're coming up with feminist a feminist curriculum, some feminist coloring books, which will feature like famous women in history. Also, she's she's making kid videos, and so we're going to be hopefully launching that this summer. There's nothing like that out there, and even maybe for public schoolers, we'll probably not call it feminist because that's kind of a scary word to a lot of people. You know, there's a lot of women out there that you never hear about, children never learn about, and they're very important in history. You know, you hear about Rosa Parks, <laughs> Hillary Clinton, but you yeah. don't hear about Mother Jones and, and some of the people like that, so Flo Kennedy's and the Mother Jones and... <laughs> My daughter's laying on the bed right now whispering, Harriet Tubman. It's also getting their brains to think differently. They don't have to finish homeschooling, go to college, get a normal job where that they might not be happy, and they can go, wow, I can take this alternative route. You know, they can start a business at 14, and by the time they're 21, they can retire. Time, yeah, they can <laughs> be doing great. They, don't, they can bypass everything else. Mentoring, women mentoring, as part of a feminist homeschool, the importance of having those women in their lives. That's extremely important, I think. I think it's extremely important, not only for the mother's mental health to have other, other women involved in your children's lives, but for the, for the kids. My kids are very lucky to have a whole, whole lot of women involved in their lives. And, some, and they don't, you know, my friend Jane lives on the East Coast, and most of my friends are in California. But, 
you know, just to know that they're there or to have somebody to talk to, to send an email to, um, to see the things that these other women are doing, the variety of things. A lot of my friends are in school. They're, I have a lot of really activist friends. So if my kids have an interest, I can say, oh, wow, well, you can get on the phone and, and call so-and-so and ask them a question about it. You know, you don't have to necessarily have your kids go and spend an hour a day or an hour a week with their mentor. It can just be as simple as knowing that these women are out there, and when your kid has an interest, just putting them on the phone with them. And I should also say, to do justice to men, because we kind of haven't really been including them, good men out there as well. You absolutely, know, absolutely. As mentors as well. I think that that's another huge misconception about feminism, is that, you know, feminists are man-haters, or feminists, right. feminism is bad for boys, which is completely the opposite. Feminism is, is very healthy for boys, because little boys can grow up knowing that they can they can be whoever they want to be, and they can. And they don't have to, you know, be these tough little boys that play football or go by that that masculine image. My son is 19 years old, and he's fantastic. He grew up in a feminist household, and I have other friends whose sons are grown, and and they're fantastic men. And yes, and I think it's important for the kids to be around them and spend time around them, and, you know. And hopefully, they're the dad in in the household, or you know, like I said, a lot of a lot of homeschoolers are single. Is, mm-hmm. is a fantastic man, and it's important for our sons and daughters to be around these people because it doesn't do any good if 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 it's just if they're only around the women, and but they're still seeing all these you know men who are living these stereotypical male images. That's not. They need to see the men who are doing fantastic things and who are loving and caring and are are not when they're spending time with their children. They're not babysitting them. Feminist homeschooling, single mom. How does that work? It's difficult. Um, and right now I'm very lucky in that, first of all, the children's father and I, like I said before, are very good friends. And that's, you know, that's a huge, huge key to me being able to keep doing this. I also have a 16-year-old that's at home, so I can work during the day and she spends the day with my 8-year-old. Being a single homeschooler is it's possible. It's difficult. But you definitely need to find community. Right now I've converted my mom's garage into a little apartment. We're living here for a year or two, and then I'm going to either... I'm deciding where I'm going to move. But for now, I'm able to live here and save up money. But being a single homeschooler, is, um, it isn't easy. It's definitely you need community and support, and um, hopefully, hopefully you can find that. I also want to speak to really quickly, because I think finding this out more and more, that there are a lot of, of gay and lesbian couples that homeschool, completely, completely forgotten about in most homeschooling discussions. I think that's becoming more and more common, and also I'm finding out, and I'm hoping to round up some to interview, but... Um, homeschooling is becoming a much bigger option for gay and lesbian teenagers who are having trouble in the public school system, who are being harassed. And I think more and more of them are turning to homeschooling. A feminist homeschool is the best place for a gay or lesbian teenager to be getting their education. Good
Feminism. People. Women. Womeninity. Womeninity? Women doing what though? What, what about women? Um, protesting. Protesting? First. Women protesting what? Um, protesting. Women votes. protesting. Women votes. Oh, also votes for women? Yeah. Other things. Okay, hang on. What do you think of feminists? Is? Someone who protests women's rights. <laughs> Can it be a man as well? Maybe. And a child? I suppose. If they're protesting women's rights. Mm-hmm. So what does women's rights mean though? You know, like, you know how women couldn't vote in the beginning? Well, now they can vote. And then there's like things, um, like, women, you know, women can't, like, aren't allowed to do things. They don't get represented in the government, that kind of stuff. But I prefer childrenity, something I made up. <laughs> Your own family, right? Housework. Who does the housework? Me. <laughs> you do the housework? Some of it. Why <laughs> do some of it? Who does most of the housework? Not most of it. But you no, do not no. do most Who of it. Most of the homework? You do some of it as well you as know. us. Okay. What kind of work do, do you see your dad doing? He goes to work. You know, daddy goes to work and um, organizes stuff. Works on the computer. Yeah. Sometimes he does the dishes. Some of the time. What kind of work does your mum do? Cooking. Articles on the computer, um, cleaning, mm-hmm. you know, housework. Mm-hmm. Anyone should know what housework is. <laughs> Even a baby knows what housework is. Mm-hmm. And, and other people that you know, do you, think, do you find that the woman does most of the housework? No, I find that the kids seem to be forced onto it these days. Mm-hmm. So what's the ideal situation? Should everybody help out? Should it be owl's work instead of housework? I think it should just be like people have to wash their own dish okay. and that way they, no one's slaving away while everyone else is having fun. Another thing about feminism, right? I'm thinking like in your class, like when you go to class, do you think that the, the boys get more attention? What do you mean? Which class? Like in science or any classes that you go to. But when I go to guides, I don't have any of that because it's just women but, and girls. But like at Science Adventure Camp, I did notice we got a pink piece of paper while the, everyone else seemed to be getting blue and green. We were like, hey, no fair, we want blue. Blue's my favorite color. Ah. Give me blue. Give us blue. There's not like the girls' science and the boys' science, so they started doing that. No, there isn't because oh, okay. it's, it's a mixed group. But um, you've got like. Two, about two or women and about like, two men, okay. maybe a little more, like a few more. You've got some, an equal amount of women and men, so it's not just men, 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 or women, 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 mm-hmm. favoring their own sex. Okay. 
So, but do you prefer, would you prefer if it had been just, do you prefer to do things with just girls? Yeah, sometimes, but I like, because the boys are kind of, but they're a little rambunctious, but the girls, we have fun, because we're always together, because the boys, we haven't been teamed up with any boys yet. Okay. So we're lucky. What do you want to do when you grow up? Well, I kind of want to be a poet, and I also want to be an athlete, like a swimmer, because I really love swimming. Yeah, I sometimes write poetry. Mm-hmm. I have this book of my poetry, and I, I also wrote like, a book, and I'm trying to write another one, but it's mm-hmm. kind of been harder to write than the first one. Because the first one, everyone lives. So, it's just, all the good characters don't, none of them die. But in this one, so one of them's going to be dying. When you were growing up, do you think you'll share the housework as well? Yeah, I'm going to let my husband do it all. <laughs> Only joking. But they're going to have to do a lot of it. How come? Because it's their turn. Okay. What? Roman, when you grow up and you have a home of your own, mm-hmm. and if you have children, do you have them share the work your husband as well? If you have husband... I'd... I'd... I would say, if he didn't want to do anything, I would say to him... Well, if you don't do anything, then I won't do anything, and you can do everything. Yeah. What are you going to be when you grow up? A vet. A vet, okay. Uh, how about you? That's right. Hmm? I haven't made my mind yet. You're like a reporter. And now, in your house, I just wanted to ask her, who does most of the housework in your, in your house? It's you. Yeah. Do you think that it should be shared work? Yes. Some of it. Some of it. Okay. Stop being like a reporter. I do soccer. I do swimming. And I'm in swimming one. And I am right at soccer. And I do brownies. And I do everything. The end. (laughs) I'm gonna wrap myself in paper. I'm gonna daub myself with glue. Stick some stamps on the top of my head. I'm gonna mail myself to you. Contact Radio Free School at grassroots at hwcn.org or mail P.O. Box 19, 1280 Main Street West, Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, L8S1CO.